going on, New York Giant fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast. Like, comment, subscribe, turn on post notifications so you know when the live stream pops or drops. Appreciate y'all coming back. If you are on Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, please follow us. Give us a rating too. Um, we only have one rating on there. That's five stars. Would like to get a lot of your ratings on Apple Podcasts and go from there. So this may be a quick podcast episode. This may be a long podcast episode where I rant about something just unforeseen. But I'm going with the form almost likely because what is there to expect this week with the New York Giants? They're going to LA for the second time. Second year in a row, same stadium, different team, Los Angeles Chargers, and Mike Glennon's the starter, again. And yes, we get back Sterling Shepard, but we're still without Kadarius Toney, we're still without Adoree Jackson, we're still without Daniel Jones. And mind you, yes, the Los Angeles Chargers do have a couple of injuries on their side of the football. But with that being said, that's one or two injuries. Keenan Allen is on the COVID list. Mike Williams, as of right now, is most likely playing. So is Chris Harris, Asante Samuel, those guys as well. Actually, Asante Samuel is out. So let me correct myself on that one. But without further ado, let's actually go into the injury report, which is the first segment. As for the New York Giants... Mike Glennon is questionable with a concussion. Kenny Galladay is questionable with a rib injury. Dewey Jackson is out with a quad injury. Daniel Jones obviously out with a neck injury. Danny Shelton is questionable with a calf injury. Was not on the injury report all week, but he did not practice on Friday. Sterling Shepard is questionable with a quad injury. And Kadarius Toney is out with an oblique injury. So... What can I say about that in terms of the Chargers? Kyler Fackrell, the former New York Giant pass rusher, is out. Alohi Gilman, the safety, is out with a quadricep injury. Justin Jones, defensive lineman, is out. Actually, he's questionable with an ankle injury. And Asante Samuel is out with a concussion. Was limited all week in practice. In terms of practice squad protections... Brian Lewerke, Jaron Williams, and Farrah Cooper. So Lewerke will likely act as the number three if they choose to elevate him. But most of the time, the Giants have stuck with only two quarterbacks active. Farrell Cooper, this is probably his last time being elevated because he had one before and then a COVID protection. So this is probably his last time that he's getting protected. Same thing with Jerry, Jerry Williams. He was uh, protected last week. I thought he did okay. Not in the greatest of circumstances with Dory Jackson being out, Aaron Robinson doing okay, James Bradbury, meh. But I thought he did okay when he was given the opportunities. This is his second protection, so he's likely not going to be protected again unless he is signed to the active roster, but that's just what I've seen. So let's go into the positional matchups for the quarterback position. Pretty obvious. 
Chargers over both. I usually do coming into the season on paper and production. Well, Justin Herbert has outdone Daniel Jones on both. He was a better quarterback last year. You can argue scheme. You can argue Jason Garrett injury, stuff like that. Justin Herbert didn't really have a good offensive line. His head coach was terrible. They were top 10 in, I believe, both defense and offense, but their special teams was horrible. It still isn't the greatest, but with that being said, he wasn't in great circumstances, but he still overcame what he had to overcome. In terms of the running back room, coming into the year, Devontae Booker, Saquon Barkley. I say it every podcast episode, at least that previews the upcoming matchup. But Austin Eckler, he's done a hell of a job in both the receiving game and the running game. They also have a couple of backups. They drafted uh, Larry Roundtree. They also have Justin Jackson, Josh Kelly. Solid backup guys, but Austin Eckler does a heck of a job at that running back position. In terms of wide receiver group, coming into the season, I'll take the Chargers slightly. But on the field, I'll definitely go with the Chargers. Keenan Allen, it's a bummer for the Charger fans and the Chargers just overall that he's out this week. But Mike Williams, he's going to step in. He's going to do the job. They also have Donald Parham, Jared Cook, Jalen Guyton, Josh Palmer, a couple other guys that can fill in for Keenan Allen. So we'll see what happens. Let's transition over to the tight end position. And a lot of people are questioning Coming into this year, well, how are they going to replicate the production of Hunter Henry? It's not Hunter Henry, but Jared Cook has done a nice job. Donald Parham has stepped up. I believe he was signed from the practice squad last year, and then he came on, made a couple of nice plays, and now I believe he's their number two tight end. Trey McKitty in there, also Steven Anderson, just to put a note on that. But coming into the season, the Giants had better talent, but right now it looks like the production is better at the tight end position for the Los Angeles Chargers, despite Evan Ingram having a solid season, not too good, not too bad, just right in the middle. And I would tout him as a better player, but this offense is really not going anywhere. In terms of the offensive line, you have to go with the Chargers on both. Put aside Andrew Thomas, Rashawn Slater. They signed Brian Balaga the year before. They also signed Corey Lindsley in free agency. They signed Matt Filer in free agency. Ode Abushi is a solid guard, but he, I think, towards ACL, he has some sort of season-ending injury, and they've had a little bit of trouble on that right side, Storm Norton and Michael Schofield. I believe he's a veteran guard. But that's still a better offensive line than we have. They can run the football when they choose to, and they can pass block. So with that being said, Herbert is in a better situation than Glennon and Jones are. But at the same time, the production on offense hasn't been the same. And you could blame a lot of people for the lack of production on offense. But with that being said, transition over to the defensive line. You got Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, Austin Johnson. Other than the two and a half sacks for Jerry Tillery, the third-year man out of Notre Dame, not much of an impact. Linval Joseph has been okay. I'm not including Joe Bosa, obviously, because they run a 3-4 system with Staley coming over as the head coach from the Rams who ran a 3-4 system. 
So that's going to be a separate subject, but I'll take the Giants on both very slightly. Leonard Williams really has been silent over the last couple of games, and that's unfortunate. That is really unfortunate because he was signed this big contract to be a game wrecker. And I understand that Leonard Williams is not a game wrecker by personality, by player profile, but he was signed to a big-ass, fat-ass contract. And that's, what, $3 million? Uh, excuse me, not $3 million. Three years, $63 million. So do the math. That's $20, million a year? He's not worth it, unfortunately. Last year was just a good season for him. This year, he's been silent, and he's been productive when he wants to be. He's been very streaky. With that being said, let's go to the outside linebacker group. Joey Bosa, obviously there. Yuchana Nawasu. They signed Kyler Fackrell from the Giants. You look at the Giants' pass rushing room. You look at their outside linebacker and inside linebacker room. It's nothing that compares to the Chargers. And the Chargers aren't this terrific defense. But they've done some right things on that side of the football. Now, the rushing defense we'll talk about in just a little bit. But... Aziz Ojolari does not compare to Joey Bosa. The Giants don't have a player like that. And they have the opportunity in the draft to go get Aiden Hutchinson if they fall to a very high pick. And when I say high, I mean low, like a 3, a 4, a 5, or Kayvon Thibodeau, or George Karloftis. But a lot of people have been arguing, as Giant fans, well, we need an edge rusher. We need a bona fide number one. And a lot of people are saying, hey, let's just go back-to-back with offensive line. So that's going to be a debate for the New York Giants fan base once the offseason gets here. Some are already having that debate. But with that being said, I'll definitely take the Chargers linebacker room inside and out over the New York Giants. In terms of cornerbacks, it's been really interesting. Chris Harris, he's been all right. Asante Samuel is having a decent season. I know Campbell... Kavon, Tavon, Tavon Campbell, he's had to play a couple of games, hasn't been that great. And then their other corner, Michael Davis, who I actually wanted this offseason, he's been doing all right at the slot corner position. Nothing great, nothing spectacular, but doing the job, getting the job done. But I'll take the Giants here. Um, James Bradbury really hasn't been the pro bowler. Over the last couple of games, Miami was a example of that, and the Giants signed him to be a number one corner. I don't know. It's just an up-and-down streak with him this season. First part of the year, he was bad, put in a bad position, playing man at times, playing 17 yards off the receiver at times, and then I just don't feel he had a good game against Miami Dolphins, so... With that being said, I'll take a Dory Jackson, though, who's had a solid season. Struggled at times, but he's had a solid season, even though he is injured. So, in terms of healthiness, I'll definitely take the Chargers. But in terms of healthiness, when they are on the field, and just in total, I'll take the Giants. In terms of the safety group coming into the year, Logan Ryan, Xavier McKinney, do I have to go about it again? Supposed to be the New York Giants in a good safety tandem, but Logan Ryan has not been himself. Julian Love has been okay. He's been decent over the last few games. Jabril Peppers hurt and Xavier McKinney being a pro bowler. 
But with that being said, the Chargers just have a better safety group. Nasir Adderley is playing well, and so is Derwin James, who has been pretty much great his whole career up to this point when he's healthy. You look at the special teams, I'll take the New York Giants on both. The Chargers really have been poor on special teams the last couple of years, and I don't know whose fault that is. Maybe that's an L.A. thing, but it's a bad thing for them. Just taking a sip right there. All right, let's go to the rankings. So, the New York Giants. On offense, they rank 26th in total yards per game. They rank 21st in passing offense, 26th in rushing offense, and 28th in points per game. You look at the defensive side of the ball, they are 23rd in total yards per game, 17th in pass defense, 25th in rushing defense, and 18th in points per game. The Chargers. On offense, they're 7th in total yards per game, 6th in passing offense, 22nd in rushing offense, and 9th in points per game. You look at the defensive side of the ball, they are 16th in total yards per game, 7th in passing defense, 31st in rushing defense, 27th in points per game. Now, a couple of key cog stats to take out of there, which back up the rushing offense for the Chargers and... I said they were 22nd, but here's a lot of stuff to cover that ground. Kind of save the Chargers' ass. Maybe that's a bad phrase to put around it, but there's more context than just, oh, they're 22nd in offense in terms of rushing the football. That's ESPN. That's WFN Sports Takes. I actually give you guys context here. So they are third in pass rate, fourth in the last three games. They are 30th in run rate. But 29th in the last three. Now they do pass six most on first down. They have passed the fourth most in the last three games on first down. They rushed the 26th most on first down and 29th on first down in the last three. Now, want to add context to that in terms of rushing? Maybe that doesn't give you enough context. But they are 11th in yards per carry at 4.5. So when they do rush the football, they're pretty good team but they just don't opt to do that because they have a lot of passing weapons they have Keenan Allen Mike Williams Jared Cook Austin Eckler those guys some other key cog stats that we'll get into in terms of evaluating the players the things to look for the players to watch they're 18th in sacks on defense 27 on the season they're 15th in sacks allowed 25 they're actually almost at the Giants mark but the Giants and the Chargers' offensive lines have been two different stories. One's an offensive line that has been decent, solid, and then the other offensive line has just been riddled with injuries and has had backups on the offensive line for the longest time now. Obviously, I'm referring to the New York Giants. So Justin Herbert, he's still a young quarterback. He still can be fucked with. Patrick Graham still can disguise some looks on defense that he may not know how to operate against. But with that being said, he is having a good season. A completion percentage, and this is a devil's number, 66.6 completion percentage, 3,547 yards, about 316.3 yards per game. So that's good. 27 touchdowns compared to 11 interceptions. You take a look at the running game. Which, as I said, their 4.5 yards per carry ranks 11th in the league, but they don't run it a lot. 
Austin Eckler, he's averaging 4.4 on the ground. 149 carries, 663 yards, total of eight touchdowns, 55.3 yards per game. Look at Justin Jackson, their number two back, 20 rushes, 118 yards, about 5.9 yards per carry, no touchdowns, but 13.1 yards per game. Josh Kelly has had some carries as well, going along with the rookie Larry Roundtree. Now you take a look at the receiving game. I'll read Keenan Allen's stats, even though he's not going to be playing this week. Keenan Allen, 86 receptions, 929 yards, four touchdowns, total of 77.4 yards per game. So he may have broken 1,000 yards had he played this game. To be honest, I don't know that I have the greatest of confidence in Patrick Graham's defense just to sit back and clamp in the red zone, especially when your offense is terrible. When your offense is terrible and they don't score points and they don't execute, well, the defense is going to have a hard time getting off the field, especially when they have the bend-but-don't-break mindset, the bend-but-don't-break mentality. And if they leave the flats open, Austin Eckler is going to get 7-10 to 10 receptions. I'm telling you right now. But to go into the players that are healthy, Mike Williams, 55 receptions, 854 yards, 7 touchdowns. 71.2 yards per game. Take a look at Austin Eckler, who's actually fumbled four times in the receiving game. That's strange. He's lost three fumbles, but you take a look at his receiving stats in total. Total of 56 receptions, 518 yards, seven touchdowns. Look at Jared Cook, 36 receptions, 400 yards. Total of three touchdowns, about uh, let's see, 33.3 yards per game. Jalen Guyton, I'll add him in as well. And then I'll add Donald Parham and Josh Palmer. And that will be it for the receiving end. Take a look at uh, Guyton. 18 receptions, 289 yards and one touchdown. Donald Parham, 18 receptions, 177 yards and a total of three touchdowns. And then you take a look at Josh Palmer. 15 receptions, 168 yards, one touchdown. And the O-line... I've brought it up before. I'll say it again. Pretty solid old line. I'm going to guess, and I haven't watched Chargers film. I haven't taken a look at highlights, but I'm going to guess some of their struggles, if they've had struggles within the past couple of weeks, is because of that right side, Storm Norton, who's a backup, and Michael Schofield, who is a backup as well. Meanwhile, Matt Filer's playing really well. Rashawn Slater is playing at a Pro Bowl level. Same thing with Corey Lindsley. He's continuing what he did in Green Bay. So let's take a look at the defensive side of the football. Joey Bosa having another good season. Total of 37 tackles, 7.5 sacks, 29 pressures, 4 tackles for loss, and 13 quarterback hits. Now let's take a look at Chris Harris. Didn't really find anything too interesting in terms of the linebacking core. There is Uchenna Nwasu, Kenneth Murray, Drew Tranquil, the former Notre Dame guy in there, but... They're not guys, in my opinion, that I'm totally looking at. But then again, also you have to factor it in. Well, their rushing defense is one of the poorest in the league. With that being said, Chris Harris, who is likely to play on Sunday. Here are his stats on the season. He's given up a total of 22 receptions on 33 targets, one interception. Completion percentage of 66.7, 291 yards, one touchdown. Passer rating of 91.9. 
He allows approximately 13.2 yards per completion and 8.8 per target. And he has one quarterback hit on the season. Take a look at Michael Davis, who, as I said, I wanted in the offseason as a slot corner. And as a corner in total, he can play both the outside and the slot. He's allowed a total of 32 completions on 55 targets, one touchdown, 58.2 completion percentage. Actually, my mistake, one interception. He's allowed three touchdowns, 87.2 passer rating, but he approximately allows 10.7 yards per completion, 6.2 per target. And then you go down to Tavon Campbell, who I expect to take some snaps, probably a lot of snaps in this game. Michael Davis in the slot, Tavon Campbell probably positioning himself as the number two corner with Asante Samuel out. And then, most likely, obviously, Chris Harris is the number one. But as for Campbell, he's given up 35 completions on 49 targets, no interceptions, total of 469 yards, a completion percentage allowed of 71.4, 13.4 yards allowed per completion, 9.6 per target, no touchdowns allowed, which is impressive, but 101.5 passer rating, which is not the greatest. One more player I will look at before we go into questions to answer, keys to survival, stuff like that, is Derwin James. He's been playing really solid his whole career in the games that he has played. I know last year he missed the whole season or pretty much close to the whole season, 2019 as well. So he's had a tough career in terms of injuries. But when he's on the field, he plays excellent. With that being said, he has two interceptions on the season. He's allowed 30 completions on 50 targets, 60% completion, 313 yards, one touchdown, 10.4 yards allowed per completion, 6.3 per target, a passer rating of 68.2, and he also has five tackles for a loss to go along with five quarterback hits. He also has 100 tackles on the season, so that's also a strong suit of his. All right, so questions answered, then it's keys to win. I'm going to change it to keys to survival this week, and then we'll go with predictions. Get you guys out of here. It seems like this is going to be on the shorter side, but I don't know what else to say because this team is bad and there's a lot of banged up players, so there's not many expectations this week, especially with Michael Lennon as the quarterback. I've reiterated that before, but with that being said, let's go with three questions to answer on offense, three on defense, since there's not really five you can ask. I mean... Some of this stuff has already been answered. But with that being said, number one, who will be the leading receiver? Kenny Galladay is playing this week. Uh, it's going to be interesting if he's still nursing the rib injury. I don't think he's going to be 100%. So maybe somebody else takes the load. I don't think Sterling Shepard's 100%. Then again, who the hell is 100% on this Giants team? So it's going to be interesting to see. But... My guess will be, if I had to guess, I'm going to guess Sterling Shepard. Obviously, you have Slayton. You have Galladay. Actually, let me change courses. It's going to be Evan Ingram this week because I feel like he's going to be a mismatch, whether it be against Tavon Campbell or one of the linebackers. And he's had a solid few games the last few games. So I will take Evan Ingram as the lead receiver I think he was the leading receiver last week. Or it might have been Galladay, but I'm pretty sure it was Evan Ingram. I think he had five catches. So number two, will Saquon Barkley bounce back, and will the Giants commit to the run, sort of? 
This is one of the worst rushing defenses, 31st in the league, but the Giants can't run the ball to save their damn lives. Ben Bredesen was put in last week, something I noticed in the second or third quarter. He was put in last week. I don't think Skura came back in. I thought it was injury-related, but it must have been benching-related, which is really frustrating. It's really, I would say, weird. That's the wrong word, and that's not really a smart word to put it that way. But Nate Solder's still on the right side, pushing pass rushers into the quarterback. But if a guard doesn't block well in the running game, when your offensive line can't run the football, and it's not just on one player, you take him out. I don't get the strategy behind that. I don't get the philosophy behind that. But Ben Bredesen is supposed to be a good run blocker, so we'll see what happens this week. And personally, it would not be a bad idea. And I've said this on multiple streams. It's not going to happen because it's too perfect of a situation. If you seriously want to evaluate going into next year, and we know that Joe Judge is likely not going anywhere. If you seriously want to evaluate going into next year, here's an offensive line you could put out there. You could put out Thomas at left tackle, obviously. You could put out Bredesen at left guard. Now, if you want to sit Thomas for some reason I wouldn't want that to happen because I think he's one of the best players on this team you could put Corey Cunningham at left tackle but I don't know that anybody wants that and Jake Fromm and Mike Lennon would probably get killed in that situation but Bredesen at left guard you could switch Skur to center but how many centers have we had this season Gates Price and then switching to Skur which is probably not much better Put Wilson at right guard, Isaiah Wilson, and then Matt Parrott at right tackle. That would be a perfect, and I'm not saying perfect in terms of, wow, they're going to play like a Pro Bowl offensive line. No, that would be good in terms of evaluating what you have because what's the point of signing Isaiah Wilson, getting him ready, and then cutting him? Doesn't make a lot of sense. What's the point of signing Corey Cunningham and not evaluating him? What's the point of drafting Matt Parrott and not evaluating him? These are questions that the coaching staff has to answer, but... It's pretty much a dead duck argument at this point. But with that being said, they have to get something on the ground this week. If they want to survive, if they want to be competitive, if they want to give their defense somewhat of a rest, they have to commit to that run game. And Saquon can't have a bad game like he did last week. Dropping passes, some of the stuff, you know, not hitting a hole. And he had two nice runs. One was 23, one was 10 yards, but... He can't have a bad game like he had last week. It just can't happen. Especially when you're trying to work on a big contract the following year, which he's likely not going to get. But for sake of, well, I need to work on that contract. With that being said, key number, uh, not key number three, questions to answer. Question number three, will the Giants score a touchdown? I don't believe so in this game. That will come up in predictions. With that being said, on defense, will the defense play bend but don't break and leave the flats open? I think that they will do that. Maybe Patrick Graham will try to confuse Justin Herbert a little bit. Maybe they'll flip coverage. Let's just say they'll have Bradbury on Cook or Robinson on Cook or James Bradbury on Mike Williams, and they'll switch it up like that. And maybe he'll throw a couple of different looks, but I think it's going to be a bend but don't break defense. I'm not expecting a huge offensive performance that much from the Chargers maybe I am actually because well actually with my score prediction you could determine it in a couple of different ways maybe it's a pick six or 
It's just, well, the defense is that bad in this game. So we'll see what happens, but I just don't expect a Brady-like performance in some ways against the Giants because that's what they did. They did the bend but don't break against Brady, and they left Fournette wide open at times, and he got first downs. That's what killed them that game. But also, I just don't trust this defense at times, especially when they're facing these type of quarterbacks and the offenses are producing. So key number two, actually question to answer number two. I don't know why I'm messing up. Question to answer number two, will the pass rush get to Herbert? Take advantage of that right side. Put Leonard Williams against Michael Schofield. Put Dexter Lawrence there. Put Aziz Ojolari on Storm Norton. Put Roche on Storm Norton. Try to get there. Try to get there. I know they're going to drop a lot in coverage because of the left side of the offensive line being superior. But at least try. At least try. Do some evaluation if you can. I don't know. With that being said, number three, will this defense stop the run when the Chargers opt to run it? I don't think it's going to be a huge run game for the Chargers this week. But when they run the football, I expect the Giants to not stop it. I'm going to be real. I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I don't think the Giants will stop the run when they commit to the run. And I'm not saying they'll run it 70 times this game. I'm not saying they'll run it 30 times this game. But when they run it 10, 15 times, I expect Austin Eckler to get at least 4, 4.3, 4.5 yards per carry and get some first downs because the Giants cannot play the run well. When they do north-south, they can play the run well because of Leonard Williams and Austin Johnson. But in terms of running it to the outside, Tate Crowder's not good in that area. Reggie Ragland, it's very inconsistent, very inconsistent. And they can't tackle when they're on the outside. So that is one of the downfalls with his defense. Now let's take a look at Keys to survival. You got to run the football. Got to run the football. You got to find a way to run the football. That's probably where your success is coming from. Sure, you can make Shepard your security blanket, do a couple of nice post routes to Kenny Galladay, maybe try a few deep balls with Darius Slayton. Hopefully he's not double covered like Miami. But with that being said, you have to get a ground game going to at least keep your defense off the field a little bit and try to get into field goal range, get a touchdown at least, because it's been two weeks since the Giants have had a touchdown almost, and that's really sad. Take advantage of Keenan Allen being hurt, limit Austin Eckler in the passing game. I don't think the Giants are going to be aggressive on defense, especially with Aaron Robinson being the second corner, and that's not totally a bad thing. But Adoree Jackson's not there, plus the fact that the Giants really don't have a pass rush. It's going to limit them. That's why they're probably going to drop seven, eight in coverage, rush three at times. I feel like that's going to be something that happens in this game. It's not something I like, but I feel like it's going to happen. With that being said... Austin Eckler, I expect to be the second leading receiver in this game. I don't think Jared Cook's going to have a big game. I think Williams will have a couple of receptions. But with the Giants leaving the flats open, the way they play, the way they play these type of quarterbacks, I expect them to leave the flats open for Austin Eckler. Eckler gets 7 to 10 receptions. He's the second leading receiver. Number three, use Sterling Shepard as a safety blanket. If you can't get the deep balls to Galladay, if you can't get the post to Slayton, if you can't get vice versa if you can't get anything to John Ross if you can't get the vertical downfield Evan Ingram which honestly would be very sad because I don't think the linebackers for the Chargers are that great that they're world beaters and coverage against tight ends especially like Evan Ingram 
But if you can't get that going, use Sterling Shepard as a security blanket. He was the security blanket for Eli Manning at times. He was this uh, the security blanket for Daniel Jones at times this season, going back to last season, the season before that. So I expect him to be used that way. Hopefully he doesn't get injured, but there's been so many times that he's in the game, he gets injured, he's out for the rest of the game, and whoop, he's out another three weeks. I love Shepard, but you know you can't have a player on this team who misses 12 games a season, plays four games, and then you have to think, well, why is our wide receiver core getting banged up? Blah, 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 blah. And the Giants probably need to take another wide receiver next year. I'm not saying in the first four rounds, but like the fifth round, sixth round, whatever. They'll probably need to take a wide receiver because their wide receiver core has the tendency of getting banged up so many times. But then again, the MetLife turf also plays a part in that. Score prediction time. Let me take a sip of water before I present this. So I thought about it. I thought about it. And I said, maybe this is one of those games coming off of Miami that the Giants are eager to win and they'll be actually close. And maybe the fact that Keenan Allen is out is going to save them a little bit. And we know the Chargers don't have a big fan base, so we'll see how much the Giants actually travel. Maybe they make it their home game. Maybe the Chargers actually outduel them in terms of fans. But with that being said, Chargers 30, Giants 6. Not too confident in this team. Maybe Mike Lennon regressed in the second, third, and fourth quarters because he was concussed and if that is the case, that's just an assumption, but if that is the case, well, the Giants coaching staff and the training staff ought to be a fucking shame to themselves because they constantly get these players injured. And I guess it's not that they get the players injured or whatever I just said, but it's that they leave them in too long and they don't recognize the injury right away. That's been the last couple of years. I remember Sterling Shepard had an injury against the Cowboys two years ago in the opening game, and they didn't recognize he had a concussion, and the NFL was actually doing an investigation into that. So that's been the last couple of years. They need to fire the training staff. They need to get rid of them. John Mara, I mean, we can have so many discussions about John Mara, but with that being said, uh, Giants 6, Los Angeles 30. I really don't have any confidence in this offense to move it downfield. I don't know that I have confidence in this running game either. And even if they do get into the red zone, if they get into field goal range, I feel like they're going to come right back out of field goal range, right back out of the red zone, and settle for two field goals. Because that's what the Giants do. New York football Giants, New York field goals. Use those initials differently. But if you haven't already, like, comment, subscribe, turn on post notifications so you know when the live stream pops or drops. Very short podcast episode compared to the other ones. Um... There's not much to talk about. Let's be real. Previewing the Chargers game. With Mike Lennon as the quarterback. With no healthy offensive line. With a trash offensive line. How much can you preview? So, with that being said, I have an announcement that come this upcoming week regarding the channel. Regarding something else I'm doing. And... With that being said, Boys and Big Apple, 8-10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Monday. I might be doing something else this week that might be a special. It's not a holiday special or anything like that. I don't think I'm going to do any of that stuff. But just keep an eye out for something. Just keep an eye out for something. Not much else on my plate, but thank you guys for tuning in. Subscribe if you're on the YouTube channel. Follow, rate if you're on the podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts especially. Peace out, guys. See you later. Stay cool.